2: Hey, Church Planner, if you are a mobile church, in other words, you are a church that is packing and unpacking every week, meeting in a public space, maybe a school, maybe a a community hall, then you need to get your butt over to PortableChurch.com and check out what Portable Church Industries has to offer to make your life a lot easier, to set up, tear down, and to help being a mobile church or a portable church a whole lot easier. That's PortableChurch.com.
1: Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but you just said if your church is packing.
2: Yeah, Well, you know, they might have a speckle pack, special package for that kind of thing, Pete.
1: I'm just saying, you know, you were recently saying, as in the last podcast, you didn't understand this whole gun-toting
2: culture in the churches, and yet you just said if your church oh, is packing. I didn't packing. say that. But let's be clear here. I probably grew up in my house with more guns than you did. Right. Oh, I guarantee my you grew up with more guns than me, but I guarantee you I got more guns than you now. Yeah, I was I was actually raised by a hunter from Washington. And here's the thing. I mean, you I, know, I, I'll
1: just throw in there. I could quit buying guns, but I ain't no quitter.
2: <laughs> well, here's the thing, man. It's uh, it, 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 I understand it fine. Um, it just. Yeah, not not to refer back to our earlier conversation last week, but uh, I will say this: I think I think when you're um, when you start getting into the gun culture, you start thinking that. And, and and I'll take this off your Facebook post this week. That you start. Is it true that a little bit of paranoia starts setting in? You start thinking like everyone's going to attack you because you're packing. You're like I'll be ready. To get in
1: That's what my neighborhood in Orange County sounds like. Right there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll never I'll never forget when we planted in Long Beach and we we met this guy and we asked him, What's the hardest thing you get used to about moving to Long Beach? And he goes, I think being awoken by gunshots every night. He Did he really? Him. Yeah. Wow. That yeah, was that yeah. Yeah. It was one of our outreaches when we we're talking to a guy and he was like, Oh, I'm new here. And, uh, yeah, that's
1: funny. I, I never thought about that because I would sleep like a baby through the gunfire.
2: Well, he was, he was living down near cherry and seventh, right? Where our, uh, where our church plant was. Wow. And, yeah. That's fun. Fun times were had by all. So, Hey, it's Halloween day. And, uh, what, what are you dressing up as tonight?
1: I, I don't have any plans actually. I, I don't, I don't think I'm dressing up as anything. Do you normally dress up? I did last year. Remember last year we did the blow-ups? We were riding the dinosaurs. <laughs> Me and Jamie Ball. My was, kids keep asking. They're like, are you guys going to wear the dinosaurs? And Jamie's like, no.
2: Wow. I know. Well, I turned around in the past year. Well, I can't believe she wore it last year. <laughs> so that was just a blip on the radar. That
1: was. A- it must have been. But you know, the funniest thing about that, because it uses a fan to fill the thing with air. Yeah. And it's right on your bum. So oh. you end up with a cold bum. <laughs> you know? Oh, nice. I'm just saying, where's some long johns? Oh <laughs> <I> w- <laughs> never mind.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. So you got big plans for tonight? It, to walk my kids around the neighborhood and ask strangers for candy. So in Georgia, I just saw this. The the in Butts County. No, the, you know, see what I did there? See that 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 tie-in there? That, that segue? segue? I liked it. Literally Butts B-U-T-T-S. In Butts County, Georgia, they're actually issuing signs onto the front of houses that say "Stop Warning No Trick or Treating" in this house. Since they, they're posting outside of the properties of all sex offenders in Georgia, and I told my wife this morning, she goes, "Well, that'd be like half of Oceanside." <laughs> Is there that can't many do that in California? Is there that many where you live? Oh, dude! So there's a website you can go online. And Megan's you can law. Chat, like, yeah, Megan's how law. many people in my neighborhood? Dude, it's like it's like half of southern california uh where i
1: used to live when i was in bellflower yes it was literally all around us where i live now uh last time i checked there was like one person in my community and and you know that person just had to have been like hated by everybody i didn't know who the guy was but oh yeah you know it's got to
2: be one of those type of situations situations you know, I just thought that was really interesting. Like they're they're posting signs saying "kids don't come to this house."
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, mm, mm yeah. Anyway, so anywho, so I got to tell you what my church is doing. You'll like this. So my church decided to uh, move locations. Uh, we used to do church in the community center. We no longer do church in the community center. We now do church in uh, the old First Baptist Los Alamitos building. And at first I was kind of like, "I." well, I wasn't just kind of like, I was totally against it. I was like, I think I told you this, right? I was like, you know, I, I mean, it's a totally different atmosphere when you go from uh being in a community center to trying to get unsafe people to walk into a church that has a steeple and everything. Like this is old school church building pews. I mean like pews. (laughs) I don't even know what else to say, man. It's it's old school.
2: And, um, but is it pew with cushions? They actually are. If you can believe that that's when you want to be traditional, yeah, comfortable.
1: (laughs) what's kind of funny about them is they are literally so close to each other that my knees hit the pew in front of me like at one point wow I bet you that church was packed like at oh, one heck point yeah yeah um, unfortunately for the church, the church is uh, you know I mean it's it's a senior community. Uh, well, I shouldn't say it's a senior community. The church is a senior community, if you know what I'm oh, saying. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, the yeah. neighborhood is not. The neighborhood is very young, uh, lots of young kids. It's also known as Divorce Row, apparently, because when you get divorced, wow. you go live in one of those apartments there. Um, I'm sure if we check the Megan's Law website, it would be lit up like a Christmas tree there as well. Uh, and, um, so are they
2: merging with him?
1: Well, not yet, but... You never know. Like, um, so, so my pastor, he, he he asked my thoughts on it because of the podcast. Remember I sent it to you and you said, Hey, you never know. They might, you know, need to merge or something like that. And, uh, so, uh, Justin reached out to the pastor over there and the pastor was like, nah, we're, you know, we're not interested
2: in, in renting
1: space to you. Hey, remember
2: when the merger doesn't work out, there's always the hostile takeover.
1: Yeah. No kidding. Right. All of a sudden, just- we really are Baptist. No. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, but then Justin was like, ah, I just feel like I got to go back to him. So he went back to me and said, Look, uh, here's the deal. You were telling me that you don't really have any Sunday school for kids because the only time you have kids is when someone brings their grandkids. And so it, it you know, the, you don't really have a kids program, but we've got a kids program. So we could help you out and we could do the kids program for you. So that way, like right now, it was the pastor's wife. And I think the pastor hasn't had like a vacation in 20 years, one of those kind of scenarios where there's like no one to, to fill in for him kind of a thing. And um, interestingly enough, it's actually kind of been I, – I, I think there's a ton of potential. Like one of the things that really bothered me about this church is this is where my kids go to preschool. So they got a preschool there. So think about this. It's like one of the preschools that's got a huge waiting list because there's not many of them in this area. And yet none of those people are coming to church on Sunday. Like you would think, you know, this is a preschool in the community. Maybe we could have some younger families going, but they're not going to the church. Right. And so there's, there's a huge opportunity here to like tap into that community and and they they probably don't go to church anywhere. I mean, I would say most of them probably don't. And um and the thing that always kind of bothered me about this, and I've told you about this, is the parking lot. Like this is this is a rental community and not like rental homes, like apartments. And the streets are littered with cars and the parking lot has these two big signs, church parking only. And like it's empty <laughs> all week long, and I just think to myself, "This is ours." You were telling the community, "There's us and there's you, and you're not allowed to use our parking lot." Like I know that's not what they. So
2: the so the sign that that the people look at that live around them every day is "Keep out."
1: Keep out. But I, and I know that that's not what they meant, right? But that's but it's what, how it looks.
2: That's the yeah, and so like in marketing, let's, let's be honest, people don't tend to give religious people to benefit of the doubt that that's in low supply these days.
1: And and in, in marketing, I would always say there's two conversations going on. There's a conversation going on in your head and there's a conversation going on in your prospect's head. And we always think that the conversation going on in our head is the one that's going on in theirs, but it's right. not. So they're probably just saying, Hey, you know what? We need the space for when our elderly community comes to church, but that's literally one day a week. So, you know, like your idea of issuing permits for free to people in the community to allow them to park in the the parking lot during the week. Imagine what that would do. Right. All of a sudden people could park in there anytime they wanted. They now feel like, Hey, this church is okay. Uh, The community just had their, their big trunk or treat thing that literally like thousands and thousands of people come out to, which is two blocks away from the church. And there's no parking anywhere like so people really go to these trunk or treat things oh it's huge huge I hate those well I hate them too, but it doesn't matter like <laughs> I got I still got to do it so, well, yeah you do so I had you're to part, with Dustin now yeah. I had to park two blocks beyond the church because the church's got a big sign that says church parking only and it's yeah. like no one wants let to get know. towed. let them
2: know let them know this is our Kingdom ground that we claim for the Lord. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, there's two conversations. I, mean, I, 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 mean, from just having my wife just walked in, walked through the room with, <coughs> just because she heard like one smidgen of this podcast. That's that is her judgment on our podcast. Well, so, she judges us hey, that way. Why can't anyway. you be like other people's wives who like their wives listen to the podcast with them in the letters and say like how awesome it is? All right, there we go.
1: So anyway,
2: Jamie listens to the podcast. Uh,
1: Jamie loves the podcast. I made,
2: made that up. Don't let Don't let her wife stalk. So, uh, so anyway, one of the cool things <laughs> my wife is just quit back. Wait, my wife just quit back. Why can't you be like other podcasts? <laughs> she doesn't
1: listen to other podcasts. Clearly.
2: It, he says you clearly don't listen to their podcast. They, this has been the Church Planner podcast, where uh, I am your translator and go between. Sorry.
1: So anyway, one of the cool things that uh, the churches did is, or well, my church did, <laughs> my church that I directly influenced via the podcast. So I'm I'm driving to uh, to drop Mackenzie off at preschool, and you got to sign your kid in. So I go to sign Mackenzie in and lo and behold, there on the page is an invitation to a free community breakfast with raffle and everything else this Sunday sponsored by my church. And I was like, dude, that's brilliant. They hooked up with the preschool and now they're basically inviting all the families that go to the preschool. Hey, come on out for community breakfast. I was like, dude, this is awesome. This is brilliant. Great. So even though I fought this idea of going to this church, I think it's going to be a really good idea. Good. Like I think they could do a lot with the uh, parking lot. I think they could do like their own little carnival, their own little trunk or treat. I think they should do trunk or treat in in August. Just just pick another date.
2: Do another one. If they learn how to use that parking lot correctly, they will end up building relationships with the community around them. Oh, totally. As we've said on previous podcasts, it, kind of my idea for that years ago with another church that I was working with, if, if you remember, they were the church that sent over people. They rotated them in. We talked to the pastor. He said, hey, I'll send a team, which, by the way, guys, if you haven't considered doing this for your church plant, um, you can always talk to established churches and say, hey, if you'll lend me some of your people. For us, it was like the, I don't remember what. Sunday school group. It was some churches have Sunday school. And so we said, Hey, why don't you send them, um, this particular class, um, once a month to us, rotate them in and for one year, we'll throw them back at you a little more geared up for mission. Um, they will have been on mission with us. We'll help them kind of get a taste for what we do. They'll bring it back to you. In the meantime, you're giving some of our people relief. Uh, you're giving our nursery workers and, um, worship leaders, um, relief. My wife just wrote a a newsletter for, uh, new breed, um, the network I founded years ago. And, um, she, she's writing the newsletters now. And she, uh, mentioned this as, you know, this is something that you can do if you want to partner with the new breed church plant, but church planters don't often think like that. But anyways, when we went back to them, we did some reverse consulting back with them. And they have this parking lot, exactly the same situation that Pete's talking about. And one of the things that I said to them was, guys, if you wanted, because parking, same exact situation, apartments all around. Um, in fact, they just had a brand new set of um, apartments, built like 500 apartments. And I was like, hey, first thing you do is you get a card. gift card in each one. That's five times 500. And that's, what was that? 2,500 bucks. It's expensive, but you give a welcome card and you, you know, $2,500 marketing campaign to people that literally walk outside of their brand new built apartment that you built on your property, that you sold half your property and they built it. They're your next door neighbors. And you say, hey, welcome to our community. We'd love to be your community church for anything you need. You list things out. You put it down, boom, 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 and uh, and we were like, hey, you know, you also say, hey, we're going to have a town hall meeting, and we're going to talk about the parking because parking is in short commodity, uh, especially now that they built all these new apartments, and uh, apartments never have enough parking. I live right next to apartments, and people yep. are always parking out in front of my house. I'm a grumpy old man about it, but if you had a church parking lot, I was like, hey, show up. Um, you know, get everybody's email. Say, hey, we're going to talk about how we can open up some of our parking for you. You got to be at this meeting to get a uh, uh, to get registered for it. Um, you get everyone's emails. Now they're on your market in your marketing funnel for the church. Um, you've now got all their emails. You've got their phone numbers. You've literally just gotten contact info for your surrounding community which is brilliant. You can do almost anything. Hey, we're going to have a community garage sale, which is one of the things that we did was a yard sale in the parking lot. And uh, they didn't do any of the stuff I said, like gather emails and do all that. But <laughs> that's the way know. it
1: is as a consultant. They hire you to tell them what they should do so they can go, ah, one day we'll actually do what we hired him to tell us
2: to do. Right. And they in, say it with a pirate the, accent, just well, like that. And the, the, it was funny. Ah, man, the booms. <laughs> I actually went to the garage sale or the yard sale when they did it. And it, and it was really successful. I mean, they filled that entire parking lot. I mean, it was, and I was like, guys, this is what, and then I asked the guy, I said, Hey, so uh, you got everyone's emails, right? And he goes, uh, no. And so it was just kind of, you know, but it, it's not like they can't do that still, you know, but yep. I think they got a taste it. Holy cow. Like there's something here. This would actually work. And well, that's what I was you know, thinking.
1: I was like looking at, the parking lot with a whole different set of eyes now, now that, that we're going over there. And I'm like, you know, we could do our own little carnivals. Yep. Because we've got, like, it's a pretty good sized parking lot. I mean, it's yeah. not like a weird shape or anything. Like you could, you could do like a, a, a taste of Los Al, right? They do that for like one of the schools where they have like all these food vendors come and, and I mean, you could even do that as a fundraiser if you wanted Cause people wouldn't expect, Necessarily to eat for free when you got real restaurants coming and setting up food trucks or booths or whatever. But then a couple of the other thoughts I had, and this is, this is, uh, I mean, for me, if you guys are listening to this and, and you're thinking, you know, you know, maybe this does or doesn't help you, I look at this from a business standpoint of what are all of your real assets? And a lot of times people neglect what their real assets are in their church or in their business or, you know, whatever it is. And so like this building is an incredible asset. And one of the things that you had talked about before, um, that, that you've had different groups do is like a movie night. Well, and I was joking mm, with, uh, I absolutely. Was, I was joking with Justin. I'm like, Hey, look, man. Um, Right now, the church says you can't bring any food into the sanctuary. I go, give us a few months, man. I'm going to have that place loaded with popcorn <laughs> because my goal is to get rid of the pews. Like, the pews just got to go. And and you could have real chairs in there. But then imagine if every Friday night was known as movie night in this community at the church. Right. And you could have popcorn to go in there. But, like, you always had family-friendly cartoon movies that kids like. Right, right. I mean, dude, you, you would so be tapping into that community, and then
2: uh, well, what? What a lot of people do is they do it during the summer months for like four weeks in a row, or maybe one one week a, a sure. month. Yeah, you know, yeah.
1: And then another yeah. option is uh, you've talked about this before of uh, having that video game night where, like, once every two weeks yeah. it was video game night, and then the other week it was like Bible study night, and that's how. You know wh- whoever it was, the group that was doing that that 's how they would get people to their bible study was basically because every other night it w- or every other week it was games video it's game as night.
2: simple as putting a, a a a basketball hoop there, yeah, and open it up And here here's the other thing you can do. you can literally send out flyers, you know you just pass them out you don 't have to even pay anyone you just door to door pass them out, and it's community fundraiser hey guys we're the church we 're going to put um Some athletic equipment, you know, half pipe is a major insurance no-no for a lot of churches. But if you had the money to shell out for insurance and you wanted to, uh, do a half pipe, man, you're going to get kids there. Um, you're going to basketball, you know, and you could literally have someone chaperoning, you know, the area. You could have a ball cage that you open, but you fundraise for all of that. So you're like, Hey, uh, guys, we're going to have a major carnival neighborhood fundraiser for your kids. If you want to donate towards this, all proceeds, we need volunteers, we're going to invite the community, boom, boom, boom. And now you, you've you done it literally just to give back to the community. And it, at the same time, you know, it is an outreach thing. If I were a Southern Baptist, um, I would go to Southern Baptist, I'd get the Southern Baptist carnival in a box that they have, you know, where they... They've got cotton candy machines, popcorn, bounce houses. You do all that stuff, right? Um, shoot, man, that thing even came with face paint. It was like a stinking transformer, you know? A box opened up. It was like it had been the portable church industry. Uh, that was just a bonus for you guys. But, uh, but anyways, um, you know, it, it was really cool, man. But, I mean, there are so many things that you could do like that, that would just be huge for your community.
1: See, and here's, to me, like, here's the most effective way to do it. Let's say you're a church plant and you do, you're you're at some building or you're running some building, or what I think will eventually happen with this church, if the communities continue to jive, there probably will be some sort of of merger because the, the pastor already was like, hey, you know, maybe we could, you know, do some of our our services together, and and uh, Justin wisely was like, hey, you know, let's let's date first before we get married, <laughs> let's, right, right? Because who knows? And part of me, because and he knows this about me, right? I grew up in a Baptist church. I am very much against uh, a a form of church where the members vote on everything. Right, right, right. I find that to be very unbiblical. Yeah. Um, but I've also seen the, the dark side of it, having grown up in that and right. some of the, the huge fights that, that went down in, in a church where it's very Americanized, where people feel like, oh, I should get a vote and whatnot. So I, I, I was like totally turned off on this church because of that. And I'm realizing that was just my own hangups because I think it's going to be a good
2: deal. And no, dude, it, funny story about that. When I was over in, in Martin Lloyd Jones's church, um, years ago. Uh, I was in an elders meeting, and they were, you know, I was the evangelist, and so I was one of the elders. And um, they, 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 we're we're having this meeting, and I was a young punk, like I, I, you know, I'm an old punk now, but I was a young punk, and they're like, yeah, we're, you know, we want to close the gallery because if you've ever seen pictures of Martin Lee Jones or even Spurgeon churches, there's these balconies they call them the galleries, like the second floor it's a big oval opening and they've got all that Victorian rail work and old wooden benches. And it's cool looking. There's all these pillars going through the church, but they were like, look, you know, the people that came here back when the church was like hundreds of people. And I think the the church fits like 600 people, if people were sitting in the, in, in the aisles, which when Lloyd Jones was there, they were literally overflowing out the door, right? People sitting all up and down the steps. So, what what they said was, you know, these people have been sitting here for fifty years, but the congregation looks smaller and we're not that big. We're only about 90 people. So let's let's uh let's make everyone sit downstairs. And they were like, Oh, okay, well, we'll we'll have to call a vote about that. And I spoke up and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You guys are the elders, right? And they're like, Yeah, and I'm like you want people to sit downstairs because you want everyone to be in the same place while they're worshiping? Yeah. Why are you calling a vote for that? And they just all kind of looked at me, well, because that's what we do. And I'm like, why? <laughs> I'm like, okay, if it's a pastor's salary and you want to vote on that. So, you know, cause it's just to make sure everybody's on board or moving location or something really big, but really like, I'm like, so you mean to tell me like, if I wanted to change the week that we do communion as an elder, I don't have the authority to do like we went through all the different things. And I'm like, I'm hearing you guys talking about voting on all this crap that are you leaders or are you not? Are you leading or are you not? And so back then, like I said, I had a big mouth and, uh, and, and they, they, they decided for the first time ever they were going to make a decision. And literally, I kid you not, people left the church over that. That authoritarian leadership. (laughs) Yeah. Just because they said, hey, we're closing the balcony off. Never mind that the people that were sitting up in the balcony were like 90 years old. They were going to fall down those stairs anyways given enough time. You know what I mean? It was their spot, though. (laughs) It was their, hey, if that's the way I choose to die, you know? But but anyways, it was, yeah, man, I've, I've been there, done that.
1: Yeah, but here's 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 what I would say though. Like, if you're in that type of a an environment where you can do stuff with your building, like and, and you're a church plant, so you're hurting for people, volunteers, oftentimes, right? You you, you can't keep asking the same people to do every little thing because you're going to burn them out too quick. Which is why we uh, endorse PortableChurch.com. dot com. There, another plug just for them. Oh, nice. Oh, I always like to do that for an outgoing sponsor to, you know, kind of make them feel good about having been with us for as long as they were.
2: <laughs> so. Yes, uh, you might you might find, ladies and gentlemen, that our outgoing sponsor, uh, PortableChurchIndustries.com, uh, may not be on next week's episode of the podcast.
1: So, um, let but say here, repent. Here, here's the thing. You could go door to door right in all that neighborhood taking them flyers and blah, blah 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 or the better more effective way to do it is go make friends if you will with oh, all what? of the uh property managers cuz they all have them cuz they're big apartment buildings yeah and especially like if you take your idea of hey we're going to do a town hall meeting on the parking here in the community and we're going to be opening up parking uh, to the uh, around you know to these apartment buildings here by permit, but they got to be at this meeting you know the property managers are gonna let all their people know because that's, that's now a benefit for the the apartment right so now you got a direct connect that's one happy train right there ladies and g's. that's a great great train so now you've got a great connect that you can every time you want to put on an event or Uh, you want to do movie night or you want to do, you know, the, the taste of your community. Now all you got to do is reach out to those property managers who have a direct connect with all of the people living there. And you don't need to have a hundred volunteers go out and canvas the neighborhood because you could literally, I don't know, use Pete's text messaging program and just text them all and go, Hey, by the way, guys, this is what we're going to do. Would you help us promote it? And of
2: course they're going to say yes. And as long as we're doing that, you could also get him a copy of Reaching the Unreached book at reach, reachingtheunreachedbook.com. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that in there.
1: Yeah, I could tell. I, could tell. <laughs> what, so, I think my favorite comment from you over the last couple of weeks was Yeah, I've been reading Francis Chan's letter to the church. You know, I think he read Reaching the Unreached. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I was dying. If you would just stop copying me, if you would stop listening to the podcast
2: and oh, taking all well, these taking ideas that ideas, I share, Francis. come on, man. Eventually, I'm going to call you out on it. You know it. So I love it. Yeah. So, anyways, um, yeah, you know, like, and here's the thing: is you know, apartment managers love to be contacted by residents for a good thing because they're usually getting complaints from residents yep. all the time and And here's the thing for you guys that don't know this world. Uh, this is a world I grew up in and And by the uh, way,
1: property managers love to tell their residents about cool things happening in the community yeah. that
2: they don't have to put on themselves, right. right. So, for example, like each each apartment complex has usually one resident who lives there who's like the mole. They're like the local tax collector. they're the, the trader. To all of the other residents, you know, they're the ones that gotta rat out their neighbors, so they're getting a discount normally on their rent for being the apartment, the residential apartment manager on site. So they're the one that where they say come to the front office. It's usually, an apartment, you know, where, if where small, they live.
1: If they're small, yeah. if they're in a, their own apartment.
2: Correct. Correct. And so what? What you typically have is beyond that, you have an apartment management service that they answer to, or that person's answering directly to the owner. And it just depends. But either way, even if you don't get somewhere with them, you can ask to speak to the person they answer to. So, um, and, and I found that because like I said, I, I live right next to an apartment that sometimes when I've gotten nowhere with the person on site, I talk to the person who manages the, 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 either the, the entire, you know, maybe a bunch of apartments for the owner or the owner themselves and you can get somewhere. So yeah, that's good to know. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, and and I love the fact that you're talking about building a partnership with, with the surrounding neighbors because, you know, they might start approaching you with things and saying, Hey, uh, we were thinking of doing this, you know, you can, um, a lot of churches will use their space for a voting center just to get people in the doors for, oh, cool, you know, oh yeah, we vote there, you know. I, I, I'm at a church down the road here where they open their house. I mean, uh, their church for a voting center. And that's, li- I've literally been sitting in the congregation on a Sunday morning, turned to say hi to someone. How'd you hear about? Oh, I voted here once, you know. Oh, thought, really? Come wow. check it out. Yeah. Yeah. So that's literally the, 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 church right, right up the road. So hey, what I didn't talk about, um, I have to be careful because my door's open and I do broadcast, but I had my neighbor come to me the other night and, uh, from the apartments behind me and tell me that something's pushing them down the stairs and things are touching them, uh, at night in bed. And, uh, so that, you know, that's, that's fun. I, I, I thought to myself this week, I'm going to, I'm going to go. Deal with it first, and then I'm thinking maybe we do a podcast on it. What yeah. did you yeah. when you're called to the haunted house? I mean, it is Halloween today. That's uh, not going to be. Tough. I want to roll with this topic we're on now. I'm gonna I'm gonna shelve my other topic. I
1: am going to skip that episode of the podcast <laughs> and
2: wish you well. Uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, 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 a house blessing, a cleansing, a uh, you name it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, should do we actually
1: get to do that? As a should we actually get into the
2: topic? I think we should stick with your topic.
1: I think we should I stick with your, topic. Topic.
2: I I know, stick with your other like topic. topic. I like this topic. It's a good topic. It is a good topic
1: because you, you know what? It's funny, but I I just see so much potential. Like I mean, it's the one thing that we didn't have at Refuge. We didn't have a building. Like we rented space that we could show up at on Sunday and utilize. And when we're in the community center, same thing. Now there's pros and cons to everything, right? So when when you've got a, a facility that you're you're showing up for on Sunday, usually, hopefully, it's going to be cheaper, um, you know, because you don't need all the same stuff, you don't need all the insurances, you don't need all the supplies like chairs and whatnot, because. Hopefully the facility you're renting has all that stuff. I mean, but there's there's pros and cons. The con is, you know, you're only there the one day a week. um, That's it. You can't use it any other time without paying. You know, the whole reason why our church had to go to another facility is the city raised our rent and raised it to a point where it was like, we can't afford to do it. We we can't afford to stay here. Gee, does that sound familiar? (laughs) That's like (laughs) everyone who rents from any city knows exactly what I'm talking about. Right. And, um, and, and I want to be fair here and I I definitely don't want to sound like I'm, uh, I'm throwing this other church under the, under the bus or anything. Um, they're just, they're, they're, they're an older church and just over time, you know, things happen and, and they're, they're at the point where they are now where it's like, not that many people show up. Most of them are, are, elderly, it's dying off. The, the pastor could use a break. And, I mean, one of the cool things uh, that Justin just said to the guy was, hey, look, you know, uh, if you need a vacation or whatever and you need me to to fill in for you on a Sunday, I'm more than happy to preach for you. Now, Justin yes. will probably have to dress up nicer because it is an old school Baptist church. So sure. he'll probably have to throw on a tie and uh, ditch the jeans or the Dockers and, and you know, go for a, a, maybe a, maybe a three-piecer. Who knows? It is Baptist and uh but i mean and again that comes back to the team leadership that you're always talking about that's so uh so beneficial to a church you know when you're able to have someone else fill in for you and the cool thing about uh you know the the church that that i go to right now is and i've said this before it's not really a church plant it is i mean they call themselves the branch because they're a branch off of the the main mothership church but because they run everything through the mothership, and it is very clearly a branch and not its own church, there are other pastors that are able to, able to fill in, and and that happens. Like uh, you know, they they treat everything as, hey, you know, you've been here so long. Like every few years, I can't remember how many years it is, they give you a, a sabbatical. Each of the pastors get a sabbatical for a couple of months. And so I know, you know, Justin took a a couple of months off and I think went overseas to go visit some of their friends um, on the mission field and stuff like that. And, uh, and that's one of the benefits though, of having a team approach, you got people who can step in and and help you out. And unfortunately this church just where it's at in this point in time. They don't have the team. Like it was, it was uh, the pastor and then his wife ran Sunday school so she was like thrilled when our church came in and was like hey we'll handle the Sunday school for you
2: yeah no I mean you know and if you check some of our older episodes we actually talk about how to do a church merger um you know something that I've been through and uh there there are kind of predictable patterns there's ways that things typically go when you're doing that but um but you know for the guy listening who's like hey I don't have a church parking lot. Um, I don't have an existing building. Um, And I'm hearing what you guys are saying. I'm getting excited, but I'm also getting a little bit bummed out because I don't have, like, this kind of isn't relevant to me. Well, back up a second. Let's picture you're in a neighborhood. Most neighborhoods nowadays have a local school, right? Um, You know, there's a certain number of schools that have to be there. Boy, are your dogs uh,
1: barking. I haven't said that in
2: years. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's funny. I said that to Andrea this week, made my joke, and she laughed again, which is why (laughs) the marriage has lasted 22 years. So, you know, here's the thing is, you know, when you're looking at, um, you know, a church plant, let's say you're renting a place or whatever, and you've got a local school next to you. Like, let's say I'm in a community center, but there's a school in my neighborhood. Um, What I would do, is I would go to the school and I would say, Hey, what do you got going on? I was talking to a pastor this week and they used to run this carnival and he's like, we run it in the school parking lot now and we make it the school's thing. So the church serves at it, but we kind of tend to to run as the volunteers for it, serving the school, our our kids are in the school, the, you know, our people were part of this community. And it's it's a it, we feel he was saying we feel like it gets more people uh, in the community to it because it's at the school than actually at our thing. But we we kind of run it for the school. Does that make sense? Yeah. So and it, there's fundraisers again for the school like we talked about. So there's this mutually beneficial thing where you're like, hey, let's do this carnival or whatever it is. But let's volunteer. We did this in Long Beach. If you remember Refuge Long Beach, the year when we went to the school, we talked to the principal and said, "Hey, um, how can we serve you outside?" And she goes, "Oh man, trunk or treat! If if you could put a booth on it, trunk or treat." Well, we did, and we rocked our booth. You remember how awesome our booth was? I actually we never went
1: there. because my kids were too small, and it was like
2: I, we never went. So I, I never we had. I don't remember. Do you remember what the theme was, Jones? It was, I think it was like Kung Fu Panda or something. You know, they, they had this, it, what they did, and this is what you can do. You can take all of your crap from leftover vacation Bible school. If you run one of those, you use all the stuff from that, all those decorations. We did the best trunk or treat booth ever. And the principal came out and said, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. You know, cause other people had like, maybe they had like a costume on and their trunk open and maybe if it was like a nautical theme, there's a fishnet on their car you know, and, and maybe a starfish here and there. Ours was like all out like bamboo. Like it was rad. And Mm -hmm. she was like, man, this is the new standard. And and immediately, because it was the first thing that we had ever done for them, she was like, can I, like, can you guys do more? And here's what I'm saying. It's that principle that he who's faithful with the small things will be given greater things. So the principal started allowing us to do more, and we did the gift drive. Also, too, we're talking about parking lots. Uh, if you guys don't listen to hardcore church planning, get your butt on over there. Now, I got an episode coming out. My my episodes recently that we recorded because we took a little bit of a break, the um, next season coming up, we have some of the most innovative church planners I've ever spoken to on there. One guy is up from uh, your neck of the woods, up in the Bay Area, where you were raised. Um really? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Um, what's the big town in the Bay? Not San Francisco. There's another one up there. Well, there's a kind of a lot of them. Everyone's yeah, it's it's, a, it's one that it's just the. I can't believe it's escaping me. Which right side now, of the Bay? Well, uh, I don't know a side. Yeah, but it's kind of like the other side of the Bay. Alameda, uh-huh. Daly C- Daily City,
1: Hayward. Well, that's too far, but. Everyone considered, yeah, that area. yeah.
2: So, anyways, um, so he Civica, San Bruno, no, it's one, one more common name than that. I can't San believe Mateo, I'm,
1: I'm. Oh. Burlingame,
2: no. Anyways, that's all anyways. I know. Foster yeah. City. So, anyways, what he did was he, um, he, um, he did Christmas trees. And he said, I found a place where I could get 20 to $25 Christmas trees. And we did a Christmas tree lot. And he goes, So what I did is I asked people, Hey, you, you want to give towards Christmas trees or we want to give Christmas trees to the people in our community who can't afford them. And they, they, you know, they were in a a poor neighborhood. Get out of town. Are you serious? So he, I said, Well, how did you do that with no money? And you got to listen to this episode. The guy's freaking brilliant. This is just one of the, the gold bricks that he dropped. But he goes, well, he goes, what, what we did was we actually, um, I went to individuals and I said, Hey, um, it, it became almost like a campaign, like $20, $25. Will you give for these Christmas trees? And you know, we get them at wholesale costs, blah, blah, blah. And because if you order this X amount of them, you get them cheap. And, uh, he hooks you up on the podcast, tells you how to do it. but, what what happened was he said I literally um, I, one person and he goes and you'll always have these people where when they see the need and they really believe in it they're like well, I'm just driving I'm just he goes I literally got a check from someone in my congregation for twenty thousand dollars one guy who's you know probably hadn't given in years and just wasn't very good about that but God prompted his heart and boom a twenty twenty thousand dollar check and. And he goes, so we give away 500 Christmas trees a year and people get super excited about it. We're known in the community. It's our immediate neighborhood, yada, yada, yada. And that's what they do. And that's get so their parking lot, town. their parking lot becomes a virtual Christmas tree lot to help poor families that are struggling to, to meet all their bills. And you remember the year that we did, um, the toy, the toy drive. I mean, it, it looked. I, I'll never forget that first year, man. It looked like looked like a, a toy store exploded. We had that. It was like the shrine, man, of like toys and kids got to come behind the curtain and or parents or whatever it was. I think it was parents. They got to pick out. So the kid never knew. We're entertaining the kids. You know, we got all this, you know, kid never knows that mom and dad just scored a present for you because we want to embarrass the family. Didn't want the kid to go. Yeah, mom got that present for free for me from the church. And, like, parents were crying with us. Like, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do this year. You know, I I didn't have money. I barely had money for food. And I can't believe this. My kid gets this. And it was good stuff, man. So,
1: I'm just thinking, man, there's so many things that we could do with that parking lot that we got at that church. We could have, like a maze bring in the hay bales and make the maze well, is your neighborhood and and like give away free tree I mean you could really do some cool stuff with that I really yeah. I really hope this church's congregation is like cool with this but you know it's like we've said before that sometimes uh, people who are older are more on fire because it's like they've been pent up all these years I always wanted to do something never really did it my time is running out. Oh, this is my opportunity. And I'm really hoping that's the mentality of this church. You know, I don't know. I've never, I've never seen him. I certainly, so, I like the pastor. I mean, it, I thought he was a cool guy and, and understood, you know, so hopefully the church is like that
2: as well. So sometimes you, here's another thing. I, I met with this really cool church planning team, um, really, really neat bunch of, bunch of kids. And they, they wanted to church plant and they, they were in San Diego County. So they're like, Hey, we meet with us and chat with us, which I did. And, uh, they did did, up, did you say how many copies of reaching the Unreach of you bought? No, cause it didn't exist then, but I will next time. <laughs> but you know, here's, here's a funny thing is when we got together, they, they told me about, so we have this stone brewery, which is like a legend in America, you know, for like probably the largest microbrewery out there. Um, Stone Brewery has the state of the art restaurant, uh, beer garden, I would say in America. But they used to have this other thing. And when this, when this church planning team, they weren't Southern Baptists, obviously, but when this team was talking, they were like, this is our dream is, cause, you know, we're, it just naturally my thought runs on the Christmas tree lots. The places that, that you see Christmas tree lots, pumpkin patches getting set up are usually parts where no one's developed on. But the owner is willing to seasonally rent that space, sure, right, so this was their idea. They said, you know, stone brewery used to have this thing called uh, I think it was called like stone farms, and it was a place where they had land, and they had they grew some of their local produce for i don't know if it was hops or whatever it was they were they were growing something you couldn't go to that part, but they had like one of those big like You know, trailers, if you ever seen those 20 by 20, you know, 20 foot containers, shipping containers converted into like a little little bar, you know, or whatever. Then they had bales of hay and string lights, nothing fancy, nothing elaborate. And he goes, it was the coolest thing. They shut it down It must not have been making enough money. But or it just was too much to run, whatever it was. But he goes, it was packed. He goes, every Friday night you go there or Saturday, I think it was Friday, Wednesday, Friday and Saturday night. They only, they only open it to the public a few nights a week. And he goes, you just went and hung out with your kids and you'd have a pint. And then they had little, you know, like pretzels and bar food. It wasn't, you couldn't get full meals there, but it was like, he goes, it was amazing. It was an open community space. It was safe. It was enclosed. It was wide open. The kids could run around. They could play. They had horseshoes. They had, you know, whatever that beanbag toss, at, I don't know, cornhole or whatever that stuff white people like. And so, you know, it was, it, it, he was like, it was that. Just just drop that one out there. Just just throw that out there, you know, uh, stuff white people like. And and picking other people's fruit is another one. If you've ever gone to that website, which is hilarious, paying to pick other people's fruit, stuff white people like. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go to an apple orchard and pick fruit. So, you know, uh, but the other thing is, you know, here you've got <laughs> – my wife loves it when I make fun of that. So here's the thing. Is Wait, are you saying you... that people
1: pay to pick other people's fruit? Oh, dude, it's a
2: thing. Yeah. It's
1: See, like that's a thing. why I always thought, like, SeaWorld was hilarious to me because you pay to feed
2: the animals. <laughs> that's all zoos around the country. Yeah. But, you know, here's the thing, man. When it, When you're looking at that, what they said is they said – we want to recreate that space. That's not that hard. You know what I'm saying? 20-foot container, convert it. Boom, there's your church. Empty lot, bales of hay or lawn chairs that you, you know, take like portablechurch.com. You know, you just have another 20-foot container there with a bunch of lawn chairs.
1: Wow, and we're really trying to get them to reverse their decision and stick really, with us. Really, you know,
2: either that or sending them <laughs> off well. Thanks for joining us, portablechurch.com. It's been a pleasure. And and, and so here's the thing is you, you end up having this very cheap public meeting space that, that you're doing now, uh, let's take that back to your church. Why couldn't you do that for your church? Why couldn't there be parties, block parties that the church throws? Just just because, just to get to know you? block party, mm. barbecue, bringing in the local, you know, drum smoking, meat smoking, barbecue, tri-tip and all that stuff. Why not just everyone's going to have a party in a live band? Who says it's got to be for something? See what I'm saying? Now, you could sell tickets yep. to raise funds, but these are all the different ideas that you could do. But by the way, um, that that is one idea, just like uh, those guys had um, for that, that empty dirt lot. I mean, Andrea had a crazy good idea years ago. We were talking, and she comes away and goes, I, I think I got something that, that might even work better. She goes, what if you just uh, ha- you organized a food truck uh, rally? You just got like you know, maybe four food trucks, you, you back them onto this green, you know, your space, you're not even taking control over the food and drink and all that. You literally just show up, you have your food truck show up, boom, that draws a community. You've got a a live music, worship service, whatever you want. And, you know, it's just for us, we'd love to get kind of creative with this stuff and screw around with it. Yeah. You know, the
1: interesting thing about this particular church building is, it's not on the main street, like that's how cool this opportunity really is for this church. It's like nestled in the community. <laughs> like who who puts a church like literally not on the main street? Everyone puts it on the main street so everyone knows how to get there. But this is literally a church building like in the community. Like there's yeah. there's no shops around it. It's it's in the community, so it's like such a great opportunity to reach that community, but it's, it is taking advantage of the assets. And of course you could, you do have to have people to work that. And I'm sure, I am sure that this church did cool stuff like that when they had the younger crowd
2: at the church,
1: but well, they let's, lost let's it. Let's be there. honest.
2: If that church, and, and this is true of all churches that are aging, you know, all living things have a life cycle, right? I mean, all of them do. It's, it's not, it's not that the church is bad. I don't care how awesome your church was. Most of the churches, in fact, I would say all of them that Paul planted are no longer there. All living things have a life cycle. Sure. Churches have a life cycle. Um, you know, businesses have a life, like who would have thought Sears and Toys or Us go out of business, right? All things, all living things have a life cycle, including churches. So, um, this church is on its decline in its life cycle. So yeah. often a merger is a great way. And by the way, um, I do not think that it is a bad idea to, Go into a building. I, I had lunch last week with a guy named Hal Seed. He was a guy, Outreach Magazine came out of his, um, uh, his church. Same with DCPI, Dynamic Church Playing International. A lot of ministries came out of this guy's church and he was kind of seen along with Ralph Moore as one of the church growth experts back in the eighties, which right away, you know, makes him to a younger generation kind of uncool, but he's actually really cool. He's a super cool dude. Um, but. He, he, during that time, he was killing it. He was crushing it in what he was doing, but he made a statement the other day and I've never thought about it this way. I had to chew on this alongside my Chinese food. This is what he said. He said, you're any church. He goes, do you ever think about this with church plants? That church plants don't survive unless they eventually get a building. I said, no, I never thought about that. And he goes, so, so think of these old people, right? Um, th- this older church, it would not still be there if it were not for that building. They would not have survived yeah, that's into a true. community center. Sure. And, and and what he said was, he goes, "Here's the thing: most church plants, if they don't get a building within a 15 year cycle, they die out. They just peter out eventually." And he goes, "That's that's statistics. That he goes, that's an unarguable fact." Now he goes, "You have a daughter. He goes, she." is 16. She's 16 years old. And we're on her 16th birthday. You're really happy that she's turned 16. That's a magical number. But he goes, but you, you, you wouldn't be happy if she died at 16. He goes, you want your children to live long lives. He goes, don't you want that for your church plans? And I said, huh. you know, it, well, of course, you know, I would, and for me, it's more like maybe, you know, like, right. If it lives 14 years, accomplishes what God wanted it to, and blows apart, I don't care. I didn't care if mine lived till one, people got saved. I don't care if they matriculate into other churches. That doesn't bother me. But what he was saying was very intriguing to me. And to be honest, where I'm at right now, the rent is so high that your best bet of really kind of getting an anchor into the community, and and I know parts of L.A. are like this as well, is to go into a place where in the 50s, A bunch of Baptists pulled together their finances and got that land when it was cheap, right? Because I'm in a beach community, and that's what happened. Back in the 40s and 50s, uh, all the Baptist churches around here, people just invested in them, got the land cheap. It's the only way that they're in that neighborhood. And so for me, as I'm looking forward, which is kind of probably shocking to anyone, for me, I'm more about multiplication. I don't need a building to do that by any means. But that whole idea—that that's just something that I'm chewing on right now. That I'm trying to factor in what he's saying with with my own convictions and beliefs, and figure out where I want to go. But I can say having a building, and and by the way, any of the innovative, even like we're talking about Francis Chan. Francis Chan invested in a building. He invested in a restaurant downtown. Um, uh, did he? I, I would don't say, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called uh, Mission's Edge. In San Francisco Runt, in the heart of San Francisco. Okay. No yeah. So they run a building. They have a public meeting space. Um, they meet in apartments of yeah. micro churches, you know, right. 10 to 20 people, but they have a center central meeting hub. Should they desire it. They also meet in parks, which, uh, if you would stop copying me, Pete, I'm just telling you, he listens so, to the podcast. That's really well, what it is. Of course. And <laughs> if you're listening, we are teasing. Um, But here's the deal. Ultimately, um, Brian Sanders, um, underground church, um, amazing work they're doing. But don't forget, they invest in a building. They raise millions of dollars a year to have a central hub to do this incredible countercultural ministry. So often what I think people misunderstand is that some of the most innovative, amazing ministry we're seeing today is still in some way, shape or form connected to a building. And and I don't want people to be misled and say, oh, we don't need a, you don't need a building. The early church didn't need a building, but uh, it's just kind of something to 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 say. But but what if most of the the ministries that we're talking about today are using a building? Might be something worth thinking about. Hugh Halter, where he's got the the post comments. I mean, the amount of opportunity that guy has with that building. For me, like like Francis, uh converting it to public space is 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 key. Like I think that has to be something that you do. That's what Brian Sanders, Francis Chan, and uh Hugh have done is rather than making it a church building, they've converted to public space. And that's what we're talking about right now.
1: Yeah, but you know, the other thing too that I would actually just kind of Caution out there is yes, convert it to, to public space, absolutely. But part of me, too, it looks at I, I know of other and I'm going to say quote unquote church plants, um, because that, that have started restaurants and then it became more about the restaurant yeah. than it did the church plant, and For so schools.
2: now. Rules. Same thing. They start a Christian school. Yeah, Christian preschool, and the the tail wags a dog.
1: Yeah, and now it's like every decision is a business decision because we've got this business over here, and that becomes one. I think more enjoyable for the you know quote unquote owners or church planners, um, and they kind of lose their their passion for the church side of it, and are now more into the minute, the, uh, the, you know, restaurant or whatever it is that they're doing. And so I do think that there is like, you've got to be cautious with that and you have to be, and and not kid yourself either as to what you're doing.
2: You know? Well, so my, my second church that I took in Wales, um, was a a reformed Baptist church. Um, they, they gave me a choice. They said, this is why I ended up being a firefighter. They said, we can pay you a full-time wage or we can pay you a half wage. And if we pay a half wage, what we're going to do is we're going to grab a um, co- uh, empty building right across from the university, and we're going to open a coffee shop there. They did; it became the the raddest coffee shop in town. And I volunteered. I said, "Hey, I'll take half a paycheck if you do that, because I want to. I want to reach these people. I'll go get a job." Got my firefighting job. Months into it, we were getting ready to start an outreach, and they changed their mind and said. And and the, the awkwardness was all the church leaders were the elders who managed this coffee shop. Mm. And they changed on a dime and said, well, it's too nice now. Um, we We actually don't want to use it for outreach and use it for ministry. We want to be a witness in the community, have the nicest coffee shop in the community with the best food. So don't jack it up. And that was the beginning. I mean, that was early on. That was in the, within the first six months. And I literally went to them and said, Hey guys, I feel like I came here under false pretenses. I took half a paycheck so we could use this thing for ministry. And now you're telling me we can't. And they said, Oh, well, so sorry. You know, we, we invested a lot of our own personal money into this. And so things have changed and yada, yada, yada. And we're the trustees and we have a response. I mean, all the usual excuses, people being people and being what they are. That's what happened. And, um, yeah, so I've been there, done yeah,
1: that. You know, one of the things that I would I would actually caution to someone who's thinking about going down this path, or, or maybe not caution is the right word, I look at one of the things that Biola University does that I think is brilliant. So if you're not familiar with Biola, it's one of the uh, older evangelical schools uh, that's still – very evangelical. In fact, in order to graduate from Biola, you have to take 40 units of Bible to this day. Like, it doesn't matter if you want to go into the nursing program, business, film, you got to get a minor in Bible. One of the things that they do, and they've done this since 1906, I believe is when the school was started, is every year the, uh, the board gets together and they reaffirm the values of the university and they all have to sign a document saying that they are still going to support those values. This is what the university has started for. This is what we're going to do. And of course, right. when it started, it was known as the Bible Institute of Los Angeles. It yep. was only a Bible Institute. And as they started adding more schools, they were okay with it, but they're like, but we are the Bible Institute of Los Angeles. We are still, this is still the core of, of who we are. So the leadership every year gets together and re-signs this and says, this is what we're holding to. And we've talked right. so much about the DNA of your church. If your church is going to go down one of these paths, I think you almost need to do the same thing. Write it up. This is what our DNA is. And as elders, okay, we're gonna we're gonna reach the community this way, but we're gonna reaffirm this is because it's a ministry for us. And I would even have in there, it's not about the money that the business makes. Mm. It's about the impact that we have in the community for Christ. And we're going to affirm that. Now, now, how do you feel when you get back together and you're looking at this document? It's not about the money that we make. Right. It's not even about how good the food or coffee is. It's about the impact we have in the community for Christ. And, you know, here's what that means. Spell it out.
2: Right. I mean, the older I get, man, yeah. the more important putting stuff in writing to me is. Just because I've seen how squirrely people can be, you know, where they change their mind. You know, I mean, like like my situation, people change their mind. Right. And you you gotta get that stuff written down. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I mean, people are just people. I again I come back to my favorite my second favorite saying by John Wesley. Which is uh, the only thing you can ever hope to expect from people is be disappointed. And you, you go through life that way. It's not being a pessimist. It's just like like that scripture says, Jesus knew what was in the heart of man. So he would not commit himself to them. That's Jesus. All I can say to your
1: comment is,
2: I love you, man.
1: <laughs> I just feel like well, hey it's an appropriate soundbite for that.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, who needs a hug? So, you know, uh, guys, thanks for joining us today. I want to ask you, if you don't do this, leave us a review, um, share us out, uh, let the world know that you listen to the best podcast on the planet. Please stop uh,
1: telling Francis Chan to listen and take our ideas.
2: Oh, man, if you would, if you would just mention that Francis stops stealing Pete and Peyton's ideas, um, or you could, you could even title it. Um, the source of all Francis Chan's ideas. That would make a great title for a five-star review.
1: <laughs> I wonder if someone will actually do that. It would be yeah, hilarious. Knowing our
2: audience someone truly, truly will. And uh, <coughs> guys, we want to thank you for joining us. Um, gosh, Pete, it's just weird, man. Every, here we are on Halloween. Every time another year or holiday rolls around, I'm like, man, we're still doing this. This is crazy. And we're coming up on episode 300. thats We're going to hit God. that by the end of the year. Are we really? Yeah. The one about being episode 300. <laughs> whatever, what's that first? No, don't expect any surprises at this point, people. So, uh, guys, thanks for joining us. Um, by the way, Pete, while you're doing all that stuff with your parking lot and trying to work public space, you don't have a lot of time for your bookkeeping and giving needs. Where would you go for something like that?
1: Well, if it were me, I would go to SimplifyChurch.com. In fact, I would reach out to Josh Henry over there at SimplifyChurch.com. And I'd say, Josh at SimplifyChurch.com, I'd like some help with my payroll, my bookkeeping, my accounting, my tithing, my IRS compliance. Josh Henry at SimplifyChurch.com, can you keep me out of jail?
2: The answer to that, of course, would be yes. If you head over to SimplifyChurch.com, I surely can. And uh, at least he can keep you out of jail for that. So, hey, guys, thanks for listening to the podcast today. Again, be sure to share us all that good stuff. And, uh, hey, if you want to reach the ones that nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Mama mia, that's a spicy meatball. Thanks
1: for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com.